0: Okay, so thank you to all who are tuning in. We are tonight, a few days before Pesach. We are going to try to finish the topic of our V'it of Shabbat in one Shi'ur, which is going to be a lot of material. And it might be a little longer than usual, so we're going to do our best to expedite our areas where we could spend more time, but we're going to do as best we can. Um, We left off last week speaking about the earlier uh, parts of Arvit, like uh, the Baruchu and the and the hashkivenu and after hashkivenu and Ufrosalenu, and all those elements of uh, the Arvit of Shabbat, and how the typical Arvit of Shabbat is different than a weekday Arvit. Tonight we're going to look, we're going to continue, and look at the Shemona Esrei itself, which I should pull out to, as a favor for everyone. Um, and to see how the Shmona Esrei differs from the Shmona Esrei of the week. So now the obvious um, difference between the Amidah, the Shmona Esrei of the Chol and the Shmona Esrei of Yom Tov and the Shmona Esrei of Shabbat is that the Shmona Esrei of Shabbat has a distinct Shmona Esrei for every single tefillah, which is unlike Yom Tov, which where every day gets its own Yom uh, Tov, uh, each day gets the same, Shachit, uh, all have the same Shmona Esrei, besides from Musafa obviously, and then you have the same uh, during the weekday, every Amidah is exactly the same. So, on Shabbat, this is not true. On Shabbat, every Amidah has its own, and the famous one, which we say today, is Ataki Et Yom Tachlit maase This is the. Uh, I'm not going to delve too deeply into the nusach itself, since I'm going to assume familiarity, uh, that most people have the familiarity with it. Now, the, the fact that Shabbat has three distinct uh, nuschaot is a tradition. Uh, Rsad Yag'on says this is what he found by Mesorah, this is a, a tradition back to the Geonim, that each shmon esrei has to be distinct. The Mekubalim attribute this to a specific um, elevation, that each, on Shabbat, there's, there are different elevations and tikkunim, so to speak, rectifications that happen on Shabbat from stage to stage, and therefore it's really important for every Shemot to accomplish its own thing. They, um, the, the reason this isn't true during the week, and this isn't true on Yom Tov, is uh, very Kabbalistic in nature, and, and it goes into a lot of ideas about how uh, the Shrina manifests itself on Shabbat, so we won't get into it too deeply, but the Abu Derham and the Yavits have a very interesting mashal. They give a parable for exactly how, the, how this works, and it's a great mnemonic for remembering which monastery you should say uh, by Arvit or Mincha, or by Shachit or Mincha. And this mnemonic is that Shabbat is considered like a Kala, that the Shabbat is like a bride. And so, ata is the Kiddushin. This is the Chupa, we have a Kiddushin with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The second tefillah, which is the Shachrit, is the Simchat Chatan V'kala. That is Yismach Moshe B'matnat Chelko. that is by Shachrit. And lastly, uh, Arvit is the Yichud by the Chupa, and that is ata Echad, B'Shemcha Echad. So that's, why, that's the, the three stages. I don't remember if uh, the Ivets I should look this up again, I don't remember if he has a pshat for, for Musaf, but those are the three stages of how the Shekhinah manifests itself on Shabbat, and it's a good mnemonic if in case you're uh, forgetting, if, you're, if you don't have a sitter in front of you and forgetting which one to say, you could remember the first one is the Kedusha, and the second one is the Simchas Vikala, and the third one is the Yichud, which officially happens after the wedding, the Rokeach and Ruv uh two of the Hasidic Ashkenaz, give a different reason, also uh, Kabbalistic in nature. I, would, I wouldn't say Kabbalistic, but more mystic in na- mystical in nature, because the Hasidic Ashkenaz had their own system. But their idea is that the first tefillah represents the Shabbat of Bereshit, and therefore it talks about Maasei Shemaim v'Aretz. Then the next one speaks about uh, the the Shabbat of Matan Torah. The, in other words, each one of Esri presents a different special Shabbat. The first is the first week of creation. The second, the Mincha, is the Shabbat of Matan Torah, right? B'matnat Chelko, talking about how, how Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah as well. And the last one is for Olam the last um, Mata Chad V'Simcha Echad, that Hashem's name will be one, the third Shmona Esrei is distinct because it represents the third important Shabbat in the the time of the universe, which which is the Shabbat of Olam Haba, so to speak, the seventh day, the seventh epoch of the existence of the world. Those are the various reasons why we have a different Shmona Esrei for each. Now, it is not common knowledge, but the Nuschaot for the different Shmona Esrei's for Shabbat, we're not always the ones that we are familiar with today. The, there was a version of the Shemona Esri for Shabbat of Arvit, which is no longer said today, which existed in the time of the Geonim. In the time of Rav Amram Gaon and Rav Sadia Gaon, they had a completely different version of our Shemona Esri, which did not begin with Atakidashta. It seems to have lost popularity everywhere besides Rome. The Italian Nusach uh, kept this Girsah. Everybody else um, uh, dis, uh, rejected it and took in favor the other Girsah takidashta. So let me just read it to you really quickly because it's in Seder of Amram. And it's also in the Italian Sidor called Machzor Roma. This this uh, bracha begins Umei Ahavatecha Hashem Alokinun from your love Sheahavta Yisrael Amecha with which you loved your your the Jewish people Mechamlatcha Alokinun through your mercy Shechamalta Bnei Yisrael which you had mercy on those of your covenant. You gave us the, the seventh great day and holy in order to give us shalom from you. This was I, I mean you is a little bit different in Russadigo and a little bit different in the Italian version, but that's the gist of it. It begins with Ume Ahavatecha and then after that, it it, it finishes with the standard alkin vakevotenu. Right? That's how we finish the so to speak kedushat hayom of Shabbat. That bracha of alkin vakevotenu. Right? That's how it how the bracha ends. But the introduction is not a taki It is something called umehavat hashem Furthermore, Rav Amram Gaon had a minhag that on every shmona esrei of the Shabbat. Before you would say Baruch Atah again of you would add the words, Or it So these were di- completely different. Menahagim, if you look already by the time of the tour, the tour himself rejects it. Um, if I'm remembering correctly who else rejects it? A lot of people who mention it, who find it, um, reject it. The manhig, for example, he brings this version first, and then he says, you know, the French and the Provencal um, Nusach, which is the one obviously we're familiar with, Atakidashta, is preferable. You should say that one uh, instead, because it has atakidashta and it has vayehulu, and he gives reasons why why vayehulu is important, which we're going to see soon. And so it could be, based on this uh, manhig, that the entire change happened because of Provencal influence. Now, it's not clear where the Nusach of Atakidashta came from. It's possible that there were always two versions and some communities said Atakidashta, and some communities said, or that whole version. Um, But eventually, perhaps from Provencal influence, this Nusach overtook the other Nusach of Amram, and the, the nusach of Umea Aavatecha became, quick, became quickly extinct. If you look at the Shibbol HaLeket, though, who is Italian, uh, Harofe, he says our minhag is, is Umei Aavatecha, but then he brilliantly brings the source for it. He brings the source for this tefillah. The source for this tefillah is not just a made-up nusach. This um, nusach comes from a uh, Tosefdan Brachot. The Tosefdan Brachot is talking about Different tefillot ketzara, right? This is a, there's a a um, sugyan in the Gemara about what you do if you say a tefillah ketzara. So the Gemara, if you say if you need to say a short prayer, so the Gemara says that on the nights of Shabbat, Rabbi Lazer of Tzadok says that his father Rabbi Tzadok used to say a tefillah ketzara, a short tefillah, if he was in danger on the night of Shabbat. the The meaning of this is that sometimes you'd be in danger on the road, and if you had to pray a short tefillah instead of a real tefillah. You would you would have a substitute. So, Sadok had a short tefillah that, in case he was in danger, he would say this tefillah, and the the nusach of that tefillah is basically a shorter version. It says Umehavatcha <laughs> Mecha so there's a shorter version of it in the Tosefta, which is called Tfilat of Tzadok, and this was expanded into a fuller version, which became the standard version of the Yeshivot of Bavel and the Shivot and obviously the the Minhag in Egypt for quite a while until the time of the Rishonim, when the other version Atakidashta took over. Now, what's beautiful about both versions, um, specifically Atakidashta is that there's what Elbogen likes to call an uncommon unanimity. There is an uncommon, uh, well, how else would I say this, unanimity in how the text um, uh, presents itself in the various different versions of the tefillah. The nusach is basically the same across many different versions, and that's usually a very healthy indicator to its antiquity. Generally, when we see a nusach which has so many different versions from so many different Rishonim, and the, and the the texts are so similar, it's a strong indicator that the text was developed early. Furthermore, the text is a simple Hebrew, it's hymnic in style. It's, usually this dates it around the time of the Tanaim, so you could usually be confident enough that this Nusach was canonized in the time of the Tanaim. One might want to say, no, it was the Anshe Knesset HaGudailah who said it, you could suggest that, but it's also very possible that the Anche Knesset HaGdolah simply wrote a Abdul Khatenu, and they wrote the actual Kiddush HaYom portion, and the portion before that was left to the deliberation of everybody else, and, and to the Tanaim and whoever wanted to, to create their own, uh, their own version of the Tefillah for Shmona Esrei. But once you're going back that far, it is difficult to to state anything as fact. You can only, you know, you it's easier to prove things to be untrue than it is to prove them to prove them to prove them to be true. Okay, so that's so much for that uh, nusach. There. Okay, this nusach obviously has an important element in it, and that is that it brings in vayichulu. I'll mention just quickly that the Sephardic version has taklit barat and it's, so it is written in your Torah, and it has the whole Pesukim of Vayechulu, three Pesukim. And then it ends, Right, they, they rejoice in your sovereignty. Those who observe the Shabbat and call it a, a delight. You um, found favor and unsanctified Which is a remembrance of the creation. So this is found in many of the Spanish versions, the Ismahub b'Machutach. It is also found in or um, Ur- Ur, the the Siddur of the Hasidic Ashkenaz. However, it's not found anywhere else. It's not found in the Paradise. It's not fa- No, it's not found in 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 Vitri, but it is found in Paradise. And therefore, it's clearly it's clear that it wasn't exactly the most popular uh, insertion to the Attakidashta, and so it's possible that some Sidurim just didn't have it because they didn't, there, there are elements of it they possibly didn't agree with. For example, Chem Yamim is not something we find Shabbat called in anywhere in, in, in the Gemara. So therefore, it was never the most uh, popular paragraph, and it didn't uh, survive in all of the uh, Nusachs. Okay, moving a little forward, I'm sorry if I'm going quickly, Vayechulu. Our um, in the Geonic version, the one we mentioned previously, it obviously does not have Vayichulu. It doesn't have any proof text. It doesn't say, It doesn't want to prove itself by bringing a pasuk. But in our version, it seems to bring a proof from the pasukim of Vayichulu. So what is this proof and why does it exist? So the Gemara in... Why, well, why do we say at all? So there's a Gemara in Shabbat, which we, we might have seen before, but it is uh, important enough to look at again. If I can share my screen, I think that'll probably be the most beneficial. Uh, here we go. This is Gemara talking about different uh, Ma'alot and different different things that the Amoraim would do in order to extol the the, the holiness of Shabbat. And it says, in the Gemara here on the top of the page, of Kufi them in uh in Shabbat. The Amar of uh Here we go. Amar Amar Avavi Tamer Vishub and Levi Afili Achid Mehamit Balal Erev Shabbat Sarih Lo Amar Even a person who is praying alone on Shabbat, he has to say VeYichulu. The Amar of Hamnunah called Mitbalal Erev Shabbat. The Omar VeYichulu. Whoever prays Erev Shabbat and he says VeYichulu. Erev Shabbat, by the way, means the night of Shabbat. The pasuk considers as if he was a partner with God in creation. Shenei It says in the pasuk that Hashem completed, Don't read that, they, that he finished, rather, and they finished, meaning you and Hashem. If you say Vayechulu on Shabbat evening, you merit as if you and God created the world together. Oh, that's this one element. So what does it mean that you have a foot with Hashem? There's different pshatim. The Kolbo says one should imagine and meditate as if he's witnessing the Maaseh Shit and he's actually there. The Marashah explains beautifully that if a person recognizes that Hashem created the world, that in and of itself um, once you recognize the Creator, you're completing creation. The whole point of creation was so that the Creator, the uh, the creations themselves, should recognize their Creator. And by recognizing Hashem as the Creator and uh, reading by uh, Erev Shabbat, you are hearkening Maase uh, Bereshit and you're you're partaking in the creation of the world. Another Malad the Gemara says is Amr Bilazar. Is sorry, a little higher. Um, no, I'm right. Uh, and he says that even speaking is like doing. A person who says Shabbat night, the two Malachim who take him home that night will put their hands on his head and they will say the Pasuk, which is said by a dude, uh by um by, by testimony, which is um, that your sin will be removed and um, and your sin will be atoned. Your iniquity will be removed and your sin will be atoned. So two reasons why to say Vayechulu on the night of Shabbat from the Gemara. So it would seem that there is a basis for saying this version, why don't we say Atakidashta? It should be clear that we say Atakidashta because it has Vayichulu in it, and we're supposed to say Vayichulu. So this is a big misunderstanding. The reason for that is very simple. In the early versions of Atakidashta, there was no Vayichulu. In the early versions of Atakidashta, and you can look in the Seder of Amram. There's a there's a there which has the other version. You can look in the Rambam's Nusach you could look in uh, how many versions is this um, the rush the early versions it says as follows it says mikol hayamim or et what the what it's trying to do is prove that hashem blessed shabbat from all the other days. And the proof text is and it, be, and it follows with Vayvarech So that was the earlier versions. The earlier versions of this Shmona uh, Esrei had Vayyach uh, to Mikolayamim Vayvarech Elokim. Later, people began to add Vayichulu as a pasuk before because they wanted to say the entire parasha, so to speak. In addition, it felt like it was better. So people added it because it felt like it was better to do that because the Gemara says you're supposed to say Vayichulu at night. However, originally, the core minhag of saying Vayechulu at night was after the shmona Esrei, not inside the shmona Esrei, like today when we say Vayechulu after the shmona Esrei, that was the core, and that was the minhag of Rav Amram Gaon, and everybody who had that other nusach like the Italians. However, once people started putting Vayechulu into the Atta version, that became the minhag accepted by the Rishonim, and the Rishonim actually prefer that way, and the And the rush goes so far as to defend it, so the tour goes so far, so far as to defend it, and he says no, it's v'chein katu b'toratach that Hashem was tachlit maaseh shemayim v'aretz. That Hashem completed the world. How do you know? et So he says that you don't need it to be a proof text for for uberachto. It could be a proof text for vayichulu. Therefore, this version became very popular among the rishonim. Um, I think the only version in the early rishonim that has that has vayichulu there is the machzor vitri. Uh, but the other most other versions in the early rishonim do not. Have vayichulu in this nusach at all? So the rokeach himself actually um, has a marvelous contradiction here, where the rokeach in his Sidur says that we should not add vayichulu. He castigates those who do, or he's 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 very upset at those anyone who would add a pasuk to the shmonesra. It's not supposed to have vayichulu in here. It begins vayvarach elokim. However, the rokeach in halachot does prefer adding vayichulu, bringing this gemara on Shabbat, and he says you have to you have to say vayichulu uh, three times. You got to say vayichulu um, in shmonesrei and after shmonesrei and by kiddush. So that's the uh, uh, a problem with the rokeach. Exactly what he understood, or if this was an addition the rokeach, it's not really clear. The Rush says that he found in the in the HaKad, the seder Tfilot hakadmonim and the earlier sidurim that it didn't have vayichulu but he prefers to add it anyway. Uh, a little bit further, okay, so we saw this. All right, one more thing is that there's a Midrash that I cannot um, find, that we don't actually, there is a Midrash, which is not um, found by us. We don't know where it is. It's a Braita, so to speak, uh, that the Rishonim quote, which brings what it's called Xer Shava from paraduma. And it says that you're supposed to say it three times in Shabbat. You're supposed to say Vayichulu in Shmon Esrei, after Shmon Esrei, and Esrei, uh, and by Kiddush. And this this Braita, so to speak, brings a raya that it says Asher three times in Vayichulu. It says Asher three times by Paraduma. Just like you have a kapara by Paraduma, so too if you say Vayichulu three times, it'll give you a kapara. It's a mysterious Braita, which uh, we don't actually have. The Rokach, version brings it. Many Rishanim bring it. And therefore, they bring this as a support for saying Atakidashta and saying Vayichulu, Three times, and this became the Minhag throughout all the Sidurim and everywhere in Klai, so everyone says Atakidashta, besides, of course, for the Italian version, which is uh, mostly extinct today. I don't know anybody personally who prays with the Masaroma, but this is the uh, Halachan, this is what uh, how it evolved. The rush, the Rokeach, and the Abu Derham, they, they they actually go so far as to say the only reason we say Vaihulu after Shmona Esrei. Is not because we need to. We already were Yotzeh with the Vayahulu The Gemara says you have to say Vayechulu and we were Yotse with the one inside Shmona Esrei. The one after Shmona Esrei is not the real one. That's not the one the Gemara is referring to. The one after Shmona Esrei was only for Yom Tov. On Yom Tov, you're saying Atah and therefore you don't get to say Vayechulu with Shmona Esrei. Therefore, those who shown him say that only for Yom Tov we added Vayahulu after Shmona Esrei so that you could say it after in case you weren't Yotzeh. A very interesting uh, difference in the positions of the rishonim as to which one is the ikar. That Biderham himself uh, also, in his in his sefer, contradicts himself a little bit here and there as to which one he uh, uh, prefers, as to which viewpoint he prefers. Okay. Now, because the Gemara said that this is like an edut or this is like a testimony, that we are. Um, well, it doesn't say it explicitly, but because this is understood by the Rishonim as to mean that this is a form of testimony, that we are standing and and uh, witnessing, or sorry, laying witness, saying witness, testifying that Hashem created the world, therefore, they held that you have to stand just like Edim have to stand, and you have to say it per abim, you have to say it in public, and you have to say it out loud. So the halacha evolved from here to say it at least with two people. You know, or at this is you'll see a lot of people do this. They won't say Vayichulu unless they have another person with them. However, the Gemara itself says, yachid hamit Therefore, many postgame hold that it's perfectly okay, that if you're davening alone, you could definitely say Vayichulu alone. Chacham holds that way as well. There's no problem with saying Vayichulu by yourself after Shemona Esrei. Um, it's interesting, though, that the Rishonim took this seriously, that it was like a form of testimony, and therefore there's a story in the Rokeach where they Rabbi Clonimus, who's one of the Hasidei Ashkenaz, the original Rabbanim and Ashkenaz, he once forgot to say Vayichulu um, by Arvit after Shmona Esrei. So when he came home, he realized and his minhag was to sit for Kiddush. And, but when he said Vayichulu, he stood because he said, I forgot to do it at Shul. Therefore, if I'm saying it now, I'm saying Vayichulu as a testimony. I should stand for the testimony. So he stood for Vayichulu and then he sat back down for Kiddush, which is interesting because I'm not sure how many Ashkenazim today have the minhag to sit for Kiddush by night, but that was the early um, Minhag. Now this is a beautiful language. It's remarkable in its unanimity. It's very early, probably on we don't know. Um, but that's the next part of the Shemona Esray. It's beautiful and, and, and just in the wording, there's an, the Saradi version which comes from uh, uh, what's it called? No, it's not in this, in all the Sardy versions, but it's, there's the version that comes from uh, Seder of Amram, uh, Seder of Amram. Um, but by and large, this Nusach is very similar, it's, uh, and this is identical through all the Shmona rays and is probably what we could call a kedushat Hayom, the core bracha for Shabbat, and therefore there's seven brachot that we say on Shabbat, Again, this is uh, significant that there's seven brachotah Shabbat and, and, and 18 or 19 during the week. And this middle bracha is Hashem ha HaShabbat. And we consider everything that comes before that to be more introductory. And we won't spend too much time into that because most of the concepts we looked at, like the, even the Buber says this. He says with Sotecha, we discussed that already. You know, we've we discussed Simchakinu with We discussed all these things. These are, it's a very beautiful language, but it's it's the bracha in in its essence is there to be a kiddush for Shabbat, to, to be a sanctification of the Shabbat. And this actually gets interesting, as we'll see next week. The next time we learn together after Pesach, that there is this concept of Kiddush Hayom or Kiddush Halayla, and it is possible that some hold that your your yotzei that. With vayichulu or duryot say that chiyuv with with the kiddush hayom in the shmona esrei, which is a complicated topic for a very complicated topic for next time. We'll try to 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 deal with it. Okay, that's so much for the shmona esrei of arvit of Shabbat. So we have the first three, which are all the same. The last three, which are all the same. Or Amram had an insertion, but that was rejected by 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 the tour. Right? We don't put and hanchil, and some say even R' Sadia was against it. So our versions of the first three brachot and the last three brachot are identical. The middle bracha of arvit is changed. And today, in summary, we, have, we in summary today we say atakidashta and we say vayichulu inside that kidashta. and that vayichulu could be the main one, could not be the main one, but it is one of three vayichulus which we say on the night of Shabbat, and it is important based on a brayta. It is important, based on the Gemara, that saying this vayichulu is a testimony to maaseh berechit. Beautiful. The last thing we have to dis- uh, second to last thing we have to discuss, is a remarkable early um, addition to the Arvit of Shabbat called Birchat Bein Sheva. This is a pseudo Chazarat Hashatz which was written and and devised specifically for. Arvit of Shabbat. And it is brought in the Gemara Shabbat, not the Nusach. Even though the Nusach is remarkably the same between so many different versions, so it also a strong indicator that it was composed very early, there is a mention of it in the Gemara Shabbat, I'm going to try to pull it up over here. Uh, let's see if we can learn it together. It's not so... Not a long Gemara, but the Gemara over there is talking about uh, the tefilah of Yom Kippur and and whether or not you add elements of the Yom. Oh, if it's Shabbat, if there's another day, so the Gemara over here says. Kasha uh, hilchata hilchata demarava. Yom tov shechal yiot b'shabbat. Rava said halacha a yom tov which ends up on Shabbat. Shliach <speaking> tibor hayoreduf nei arvit by 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 arvit shliach <speaking out> by arvit enozerich laskir shayom tov. He does not have to say Yom Tov. He doesn't have to mention Yom Tov in the Me'en Sheva. Why? Shalim Alei Shabbat, Tov. So Gemara basically what it's saying is, and what it explains itself to say is that Rabanan sakana that the Gemara is saying that the whole reason that there was that there was a that there was a to say the Brachav Me'en Sheva on Shabbat. The only reason, even on Yom Tov, we would be saying the Brachat Me'en Sheva is because of Shabbat. And therefore, we, we don't mention Yom Tov in the, birka, the, the bracha of Me'en Sheva. Why was the bracha of Me'en Sheva uh, instituted? According to the Gemara, it was instituted Mishum Sakana. Rashi explains this here to mean that uh, Shabbat night, people were walking home without torches, the, the bet was outside of the city, and it was dangerous. Therefore, um, people would if people were left there, Uh, saying Shmona Esrei and everybody else was finished Shmona Esrei and they would leave without them, they would be at risk of walking home alone. Therefore, the Chachamim made a pseudo-Chazarat Hashatz in order to give people more time to finish up their Shmona Esrei and everybody could walk home together. That's according to the Tamud Bavli. That is the version, at least the way Rashi understands it, why there is a bracha of the bracha of Me'en Sheva. Now, what we should notice is, and just look, we should look at this together, that the brachav me'en sheva, its nusach is very deliberate. If you've ever wondered why are we saying, like, uh, and like all these random things, there's a very specific purpose. First of all, if you look at the design together, right? we're going to, what it is, is a me'en sheva. It's supposed to hearken the seven brachot, which we say, so it's supposed to parallel all the seven brachot which we, which we say quietly, and that's why it's written the way it is. So first, it parallels the bracha of right? It says, So this is a parallel to the first bracha of Shmon Asrei, but with a fascinating addition. It says, The reason that addition here is fascinating is because that was the... Um, introduction in the Yerushalmi version of Shmona Esrei, the Ushalmi ver- version of Shmona Esrei began its first bracha with kelayon Kodesh uh, So it's remarkable that the Bab- in the Babylonian version, um, it retained this nusach only for Shabbat. So that's a very remarkable thing. It's been studied to some degree as to how this uh, uh, how this bracha, which was from the from the which was a minhag Bavel. Retained the nusach from the the nusach hayu But then it says right? He uh, he guarded the our forefathers with his word. That's a parallel to again to the first bracha. This is a parallel to the second bracha. Hakel That's a parallel to the third bracha. That's everyone pretty much gets so hamma ni akhla ma biyam shabat this is a reference to the middle bracha, which is the Kedushat hayom but le fa avod birav va this is a parallel to ritzey ritzey is called avoda and because there's a bracha of avoda we say naavod birav va fakhad because there's a barachav modim we then continue vinodel shmo bechol yam tamid um Me'en haBrachot, brachot, all right, uh, a, a, a semblance of the brachot, ve and the praises, or virov if you're Moroccan, the Livorno Siddur says it that way. La adon this is a parallel to sim shalom. And then it ends it with a real bracha, just so that it should be a form of real bracha. So that is how that. Um, A bracha was formulated, it was formulated to parallel the seven brachot of the Shemona Esri of Shabbat. I apologize if I'm going a little bit uh, quickly. Okay, so that was, so far we said the Bavli's reason was because of Sakana. We added it so people shouldn't be left alone at shul. However, there are other reasons brought based on Yerushalmis and based on um, Yerushalmis that we don't have and Gemaras that we don't have. One source is the Rivash. He seems to have a different girsav of this Gemara. The Rivash had a version of this Gemara which sounded like that it was made for Amsha Besadot meaning the people who didn't typically come to Shul because they were Ameha aretz, but on Shabbat they came to Shul, and they came very late. And so these people came very late to Shul, and they didn't say the Shmona Esrei at all. And therefore we wanted to say a Chazarat Hashatz to be Motziv at misha enobaki to to fulfill the obligation for those who are not Bakim and how to say Tfilat Shmona Esrei, or if they couldn't read Hebrew at all, not even if they came late, Therefore, we said a pseudo chazarat for those people. That was the, the position of the rivashis in his tshuvaot Medalid. I'm not clear. I have to see the tshuva myself. I didn't get a chance to get to yeshiva today, but it seems that that is his um, position. That the entire takana was not for sakana. It was for those who weren't literate or couldn't say shmonesri on their own. Therefore, we created a pseudo chazarat to fulfill their obligation, which is a fascinating, fascinating deviation from our gemara. Another version is the, ba- the Yushami itself in Brachot, uh, Peret Halacha, Halacha Five. It says that it was said in lieu of Kiddush itself. So it says that in Bavel, the minhag is that if there's no yayin, meaning if they don't have yayin available for Kiddush, instead they say this bracha me'en sheva. And there's another version of that Yushami which says that instead they say this, they say en me'en sheva. So this is going to get into a technicality that we're going to discuss more next week, which is that the Yushalmi holds that this Brachav Me'en Sheva is a substitute for Kiddush itself. For this obligation that we call Kiddush, the Ushami understands that the Babylonians, the people in in Bavel, were using Me'en Sheva as a complete replacement for Kiddush if they did not have wine. Yet another curveball in our understanding of why the Brachav Me'en Sheva was instituted whatsoever. Lastly, and most fascinating to me, is a mysterious Yushami which we don't have in Masechet Ta'anit. This is a Yerushalmi brought by the Raviyah, also known as the Avi Ezri. He brings the Yerushalmi, which seems to say, and we don't have the exact language, that, and it, well, he, was, he got around, so maybe he's talking about the Yerushalmi, now that I think about it, maybe he's talking about the Yerushalmi, the Hasidah Ashkenaz, which was not quite a Yushami. But he says something very interesting. First of all, we know and this will give me a little little backstory, that the reason we don't have Hazarat Hashatz by Arvit is because we hold like Rabbi Yeshua that Arvit is a reshut is is a not academically speaking an obligation. Therefore, because we hold like Rabbi Yeshua not Armgam Gamliel, therefore it's only a optional tefillah. And therefore, we don't have to be motzi at misha and There's no reason to fulfill someone who's not doesn't have an obligation. Therefore, by arvit, we don't have a chazarat hashatz because the chazan does not have to be motzi at misha and That is the typical reason we say why arvit does not have chazarat hashatz. And as we've said before, that there were communities in the past which did have a chazarat hashatz for arvit because either they held erev gamliel or for other reasons, in Sicily, even into the 1300s, there were people who were saying Chazart HaShatz for Arvit, uh, there were Piyotim in Eretz in, uh, in Yisrael written for the Chazart of Arvit. We saw a Midrash which said that uh, Klai Yisrael says Kedushah by Arvit, obviously there was once a minhag to say, um, uh, what's the word, there was a, a minhag once to say Chazart HaShatz for Arvit. But we know that the fight raged on for a long time. We know that until the time of the Savaraim, there was a minhag there was a minhag to, um, there was, uh, I'll be there in a minute, okay? There, there was a minhag to, um, to, to do chazarat ha because there was those who held that it was Chovan, there was the, those who held that it was Rashut, up until the time, at least, of the Savo Ra'im. So we know this fight went on for a long time. According to this Gemara and Yushalmi, there was a compromise made. And that is that four, that is four, the the arvit itself will paskin like a bishua in the sense that it is a Rashut and that we won't do a chazarat hashatz, but we will <coughs> hold that everyone has to come to shul. We will treat it like a chovah that everyone has to come to shul and everyone has to say it palachash. So we'll hold that it's a chovah that everyone has to come to shul, but we won't hold <coughs> that it is a, a chovah to the degree of a gamliel, where we have to do chazarat hashatz. But in order to show that uh, to, to sort of sort of compromise if I'm remembering correctly with Rabbi Gamliel on the uh, Chazerat HaShatz of Shabbat they would do a pseudo-Chazerat HaShatz but they specifically would, especially if there were more people who were there that needed to be Motzi because they weren't Baki but we would specifically not say a real Chazerat HaShatz because they wanted to show we do not hold completely like Rabbi Gamliel and therefore they said a pseudo-Chazerat HaShatz to show that we didn't Paskin like um Rabbi Gamliel, and so they said a which wasn't exactly the same Shemona Esrei, they had a Me'en Sheva. That was his version. Um, I'm just going to look at it again really quickly to make sure. Uh, <laughs> right, so he's saying that the, the Takana was also for Sakana, as the Gmarim Bavel says. However, they because we had to do Hazartha shots because of, in other words, I'm, 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 let me say this more clearly. They had to put a Hazartha shots because of Sakana, they wanted people to stay there longer. However... Um, they didn't want to do a full Hazrat HaShatz because that would sound like the halachas like a liel. Therefore, they compromised and they said a Me'en Sheva in order to demonstrate that we don't hold completely like, like a liel that it is a chova. But they did put in a Takana to to uh, do hazarat HaShatz by Arvit in order for people to have more time to go home. Okay, uh, one, two little things uh, a few more little things because we only say it today. We don't have Amshibes Hadot. We don't have Sakana, We don't have this problem where Milia and 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 Rishua. Why do we still say Me'en Shabbat today? So the Rishonim say we say it because of Minhago but that restricts when we say it. According to many of the Poskim, we will not say it if we're in a Beit Chatan, Beit Avel. If you're praying in a Shul, which is not a real Beit Knesset. If you're not in the real structure of a shul, with a real structure of a minyan, you do not say the Barachav Me'en Sheva. And during the coronavirus, this actually happened in some shuls. The people who knew this halachan, Reish Samachet, sam- would, would, would stop them from saying Me'en because people are praying in a backyard. Like, this isn't a Pentech We're not allowed to say this. You're only allowed to say it where you have a Sefer Torah, you have a, you have a, a min, you know, proper minyan, but if it's a, if it's a minyan ara, you're not allowed to say it. The Mikubalim actually disputes this, especially the Benishrai, he holds he holds that um, you cannot. The Ben holds that the Mikubalim hold that this Me'en Sheva is important Kabbalistically and furthermore the Minhag was the Moroccan uh, sorry, the, the Minhag was in the Iraqis and many that they would and in Eretz Yisrael that they would say it regardless of whether or not you had a Minyan Arai or Minyan, Minyan Kavua, even though the Shulchan Aruch Paskins not too many communities had the Minhag to say it anyway because this was Minhag of Otenu and were not restricted by these criteria and therefore this is a Machloket and everybody's rabbi should decide for themselves as to which side they point on. The Moroccans will not not, but uh, I know other communities will say even if they're praying in a backyard minyan. This is especially pertinent if you're praying in a hotel, if you're praying in any place where you don't uh, have a, or if you're praying in a Beit or in a Beit or something like that. The minhag is to say in many uh, communities. After Arvit, this is because people are going to be walking home at night, and you need uh, protection from Hashem, so the the specific Mizbar that they chose was one of protection, um which as we said before that they just say it's a, a tehillim at night in order to create an opportunity to say a kadish for the Yatomim. that's why there's ever a uh a, 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 a tehillim over there after a tefillah like after mincha and after arvit so they just picked whichever one, whichever is most appropriate people felt hashem is the most appropriate one for the night of shabbat because there's more mazikin on the night of shabbat Lastly, there's a Moroccan minhag. This is the last thing we'll say. I'm sorry if it's been a little over time. There's a Moroccan minhag to to sing Yigdal um, after Arvit of Shabbat. Um, there is a minhag to say to sing Yigdal. So I looked high and low for a makor for this minhag to say Yigdal after Arvit. Now, first of all. For, First of all, um, the entire piyut of Yigdal uh, was written most likely in Italy sometime around, if, if I'm remembering correctly, the 14th or 13th century. Yigdal is a, is a, is a piyut written by those who were fond of the, of the philosophical leanings of, uh, by a person, a rabbi in Italy, most likely in Italy, who was very fond of the Rambam's Yurgyim Olikrim. Yigdal is a very uh, popular piyut. Uh, the Arizal did not like any pewte team, especially not Yigdal because as you can imagine any pewte he didn't like pewte teams so whatsoever but especially a pewte which was based on philosophy that was not his cup of tea. therefore the Arizal did not like saying Yigdal or any pewte but, Yigdal across Kalei became very popular. The Seder Hayom brings the Minhag to say Yigdal after Musaf of Shabbat. Mayam Loes brings the Minhag to say it after the Arvit of Shabbat. I did not find anybody who gave a definite reason as to why this Minhag became the case or why this became the Minhag. Uh, people have said, well, Shabbat is for Maaseh Bereshit and, uh, you know, we're just reminding people of that Hashem created the world and etc. And etc. Et I didn't see a definite reason anywhere. My own suspicion has been that it was for the Ameha Haaretz who used to come to shul only on Shabbat. It was for the kids to train the kids in Yigdal so that they should remember things of Emuna. That even if they grow up and they don't stay religious, they remember Yigdal, they remember the Yud Gimel And that, that's my always been my suspicion. That's why it's been instituted. But the practice has been around for a few hundred years, never with any real ta'am. So, blessed Hashem, next week this this so much uh, suffices for the um, Arvit section of Shabbat. Bezrat Hashem, next week we'll continue with our Arvit, which happens in Shul. After Arvit, with, the, oh, sorry, the Kiddush that happens in Shul after Arvit, the Kiddush that happens at home. We're going to discuss the concept of a Kiddush at length and what it means for Shabbat. And we will continue Bezrat Hashem next week. So thank you for joining in. Sorry for any background noise. And we will um, continue after, well, after Pesach. All the best.